Hello there, and welcome to Erica's Ghost Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and today I decided to do a homebrew edition for this episode. I put a call out for personal experiences, odd stories, and I received a lot of answers from my listeners. I used Reddit and Facebook and texted a few of my friends who believe in the supernatural. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. I will read each story anonymously, and I hope you enjoy the ride. Now, it may seem that I'm running out of people, places, and things that are haunted to write about, but I assure you, I am not. I've been wanting to do this homebrew episode for quite a while now. Personal ghost stories, weird encounters, paranormal experiences. So, here it is. All right, a lot of replies. So the first one, and I'm just reading them out. So the first one says, I grew up as the youngest of a very large family, meaning I experienced death very early on. I'm always shocked when people make it to their 20s and have never been to a funeral before. Anyways, the year I was 17, I lost both my grandmothers old age, not expected, and a close friend of mine, who I will call James, not expected. The death of my friend was very hard on me, and I still have some lasting mental health issues from this experience. About a week after my friend died, I couldn't sleep, so I went downstairs to just get some water. Sitting at the table was James, and both of my grandmas, drinking tea. The wave of relief I I felt um, was overwhelming. I immediately started to cry, and my grandmother, who was blind in life, for the first time could really look at me. When things were tough for me, my other grandma would give me this look, very specific look, and said, I wish more than anything I could fix this for you. And that is the exact look she has. It was 10 seconds at most, and then they were gone. Spooked, upset, etc., I ran back to my room and eventually fell into a deepest sleep, and I had slept not that good since James died. When I woke up, I was convinced it was a dream. I went downstairs, and the cups and teapot were gone, so I definitely was convinced that this was a dream. The day went on, and I tried to forget about it. Later that night, I was saying goodnight to my mom, and she said, Oh, and if you're going to have a midnight tea party, can you at least throw it in the sink? I don't want the cats to knock it over. I guess it wasn't a dream after all. All right, thank you so much for that story. Okay, um, this next story... When I was small, about four or five, I went on a journey with my mom. Right up until 15 years later, I merely thought it was just a lucid dream until my mom and I were talking about different things and she happened to mention the time when she was accidentally took me astral traveling with her. It's a family talent that I discovered later several of my mom's siblings can also do it. We come from a family of sensitives. In fact, on many occasions before this particular time, mom, who was 23 at the time, used to go astral traveling 
with my 19-year-old uncle P, who was, in his youth, very well practiced in the craft of our ancestors and taught me a fair bit about nature's magic, as he used to call it, and the positive magnetic energy of the planet. On this night, Uncle P was with his girlfriend and so Mum was initially alone. She told me that she uh, felt herself slipping away from her natural state as usual, but remembered that I was laying in bed beside her, so not wanting to leave me alone, unattended. She linked our psyches before transcending to the other state of being, and it was there that I took to, I took to be a dream continued. For the first thing I noticed was the sound. It was a low-toned buzzing I could not relate to or recognize. The nearest thing I can li liken it to now, and even still won't be able to accurately describe it, is radio static. I was also aware of all of the colors. They were all very muted pastels, lilacs, purples, blues, and pinks, all looking not quite real, but dreamy. The light around and in colors shimmered and pulled gently. I felt the wind, a constant chilly silent wind, which slightly made my cheeks numb and fingers tingle. I remember mum holding me tightly around my waist. It actually felt as if we were flying. That doesn't explain the sensation of it all, though, as there were several other feelings as well. I don't have much recollection of anything else, just waking up next to my mom and remembering, wow, what a vivid, happy, flying dream. Thank you for that uh, awesome story. I mean, it also has to do with like astral projection, but I'm totally here for it. It's not nothing ghosty or haunted, but I feel like if you come from a family of sensitives, you definitely feel astral projection, the dream world, and possibly some connections with the dead. Um, I've got a few of these stories from someone from the UK. So it's quite interesting to think about this, but here's her other one here. Um, so some of our ancestors were persecuted and then later burnt at the stake merely for being midwives and using their natural remedies to help and treat poor people in the community. The most terrifying experience I've had was I call a past life living dream where I connected with one of my ancestors at that moment she was being she was taken to the stake via a really vivid flashback. I felt the rough hands of the man as they tied me to the stake and the split of the onlookers as it hit my face. I heard the death sentence being read as clear as a bell, and more horrific than anything else, in the flashback I could smell the smoke and feel the heat as the stake was set alight. I woke up screaming and crying with the sensation I had experienced reverberating throughout my entire body. I really believed I was going to die and I felt absolute despair, fear, panic, and sadness for my poor ancestors. Whoa. I mean, again, kind of scary 
ghost story, astral projection, dream world stuff. Like, I am living for these. Thank you for your story. All right, let's continue on. This one's titled, My Baby Cousin's Witches. When I was 12, we lived with my auntie, uncle, and younger cousins, who were 7, 5, and 3. I had to share a bed with a 3-year-old. She was really smart, and I loved her. A big vocabulary for her age, and an imagination to match. One night, we were laying in bed, and suddenly she started crying and pointed at the corner of the room, furthest from us. The only light was the street light outside. I said, what's going on, Jay? What's there? I wasn't able to see anything in the corner, not even a spider, which I thought it was. My baby cousin uh, said through tears, the witches are looking at us. They look mean. They are mean. I was freaking out inside, inside by this time, as I still couldn't see anything in the corner. So I asked her, how many witches do you see, Jay? And she answered, three. There are three, and they're coming. I started to feel slightly unnerved by this, as obviously my baby cousins weren't allowed to watch scary films, programs, or listen to scary stories at all, especially at three years old. So this came out of the blue. All I could do by this time um, was to distract my baby cousin by telling her I wouldn't let the mean witches get to her. And I sang her a nursery rhyme until she fell asleep in my arms. I didn't sleep at all that night. My cousin is now a beautiful, successful student teacher. And like a lot of people, we talk about our childhood. She remembers a lot of things that we did together, but she never remembers that night. All right, and I've got one more for you. This one's a doozy. This is a true story that contains an old wives' tale from my gran. So it is exactly what it sounds like, and the truth of it's accurate and subjective to what the reader believes. We were about eight or nine the day mum took Elle and I over the heath. It was a hot, bright day in the middle of summer holidays. We had been collecting natural materials to make a collage when we got home and mum's rucksack was full of stray feathers, wild greases, um, leaves, twigs, and we were on our way home where Gran was making a cheese flan and salad for dinner. As we were all very hot and slightly tired, mum decided that we would wade through the river instead of going back over the hills the way we had come. The thought of pushing my tiny wheelchair through a muddy-bottomed, weed-tangled river never seemed to faze my mom. She was a healthy, fit 26-year-old and knew the heath like the back of her hand. The river wasn't very deep at that part, so mom tipped the wheelchair a bit and told Elle to hold on to the handle, and we went in. The water immediately soaked all of our clothes through um, through and through, and Elle and I started to scream, giggle, and splash each other uh, in sheer delight. Then we saw them, the weeds. 
following with the current of the river, swaying back and forth like a woman's long, tangled hair, unkept hair, and I got the distinct impression that um, we saw what could have been either thing. It really looked like it. I glanced at Elle and instantly knew she was having the same uncanny notion. The weeds started to curl around our legs and the wheels of my wheelchair, making our progress a little more laborious. And our previous screams of playful fun changed to moans and squeals and uneasiness and disgust as we felt the weeds gently tugging at our legs. At no point did Mum ever look anxious or phased by the experience. She just kept saying, It's only water weeds, you two. Come on, don't be silly. You've seen them loads of times. We finally reached the other side of the river, and Mum dragged my wheelchair backwards up the riverbank. Elle climbed up and sat down beside me. We both just stared silently at the river and the sea of green for what felt like the longest time, but in actual fact, it was probably about 10 minutes, before walking the rest of the way home. That night, after a hot bubble bath, cheese flan and salad in our flannel pajamas and slipper socks around the fire drinking hot tea we told gran about our adventure our gran took a sip of tea of her mug and told us the story of green hair she had been a real person though her real name had been forgotten by gran conveniently ellen i thought anyway she had lived in the village in 1912, before the area was built up and modernized and developed into what it has become today. She was young and kind, with a pretty face and a beautiful long blonde hair, a daughter of a gentleman farmer, and was deeply in love with a handsome young soldier. They were to get married, but before they could, the Great War broke out, and her young man was called up to fight. He was killed by a hand grenade on the front lines, and when she found out she was widowed before she'd even become a wife, she lost the will to live and driven by grief, stricken insanity, she went to the river that we waded through, and she threw herself in it. The river was a wild as the land at the time, and by the time her body was discovered, it was blue, bloated, and half eaten by fish. Her corn-colored hair had become interwoven with the slimy algae and long strands of evil-smelling river weeds which clogged and choked the bed of the river. In fact, the pathologist who performed the post-mortem said that the body may have been found sooner if not for the dark green weeds that appeared to have curled around her limbs and torso and anchored her corpse to the riverbed for days. From that time onwards, it was said that the river was haunted and cursed, or both. Anyway, an extremely bad place. People claimed to see the spirit of the young woman kneeling beside the river in a weeping Bitterly. More commonly, people often saw the body of the girl floating on top of the water. 
with long green hair weeds streaming out behind her. And so she was given the name Green Hair. Elle and I asked Gran why we hadn't heard about this story before. Gran just smiled and said because it was, the, it was ages ago, even before she herself was born and moved to the area. The area was developed and built up and the river was tidied up and reconstructed. And along with the tragic tale of green hair was lost in the stream of passing time. We didn't altogether believe Gran's morbid tale, but when Elle and I talked about it in bed that night, neither of us could dismiss the eerie feeling that we saw green hair flowing in the river that day. Okay, so that one definitely made me feel a bit eerie. Woof, woof. Thank you so much, everyone who um, has given some stories that I can read out for my homebrew podcast episode. I really, really thank you. Um, on that note, I would like to say thank you to my listeners and uh, for supporting the show. And of course, a big thank you to my Patreons, Mila, Emily, Scott, and Kanisha. Thank you so much for your continual support. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Erica's Ghost Stories is for storytelling purposes. Please check out my Instagram at Erica's Ghost Stories and check out earlier episodes on Spotify, Erica's Ghost Stories Podcast. And until next time.